Welcome to the Lessons Learned Podcast, a podcast reflecting on the lessons we've learned and those we're still in the process of learning. I'm Komal, your host. I'm an interviewer, investor, and someone who has lived a lot of life in a short time. I built this podcast as a place for us to reflect, to be together, and to learn from one another. Let's get into it. Welcome to episode 11 of the Lessons Learned podcast. This week's show is all about morning routines. And I alluded last week to starting our series on love this week. We're going to be looking at self-love, friendship love, family love, romantic love. Uh, But I actually want a little bit more time to plan out those episodes. So when I was thinking of what I wanted to talk about this week, I landed firmly on morning routine because it's because it's something that I'm very focused on since doing my year planning last week uh, in Mexico. So to open, I actually want to share with you how that process ended up going for me. So for those of you who didn't tune in last week, I shared about how on our vacation to Mexico, which was wonderful, um, but also a roller coaster for those of us who are type A's or a lot of people actually, when you go on vacation, it can sometimes be hard to turn your brain off. And it was no exception for me. (laughs) And I also struggle to be on vacation when I know the rest of the world is still working. Normally we do our trip uh, to Mexico uh, as the first week of January. And this year we decided to do it last week to celebrate my 30th birthday, but also because Mitch and I both needed a break really badly. I shared a little bit about that on the episode and it was wonderful. And what I shared was part of the reason I couldn't turn my brain off is that it was just so full, so full of so many of the things that are on my heart, my mind, my brain to do next. I shared a little bit about how we can allow ourselves grace in the process of becoming and letting ourselves take a second to just unwind, let ourselves be, let ourselves be still so that we can decouple a little bit our productivity from our self-worth. I, when I was in recovery after being very sick for a couple of years um, and started my recovery recovery in 2017, this was some of the deepest work for me to do was to remind myself that I am not simply what I produce. I'm not simply the productivity that I'm capable of doing. I'm not simply the things that I'm capable of achieving. I am a full and whole human who requires human experiences to feel connected and whole with not only myself, but the world around me. So I know the value of vacation. And so I needed to figure out my action plan to allow myself to really turn my brain off. And that was giving myself permission to plan and to be a little bit on with my brain while we were away. And after I recorded last week's episode where I gave a step-by-step guide on how I do my year planning process, I actually didn't do planning for two or three days. And I just let myself chill, let myself think through the things that were on my mind, but just let it happen in a subconscious way. We would play volleyball, we were reading, we were chilling on the beach. And then finally on the last day, Mitch and I were in our hotel room and we both just kind of looked at each other and we're like, we have to unload our brains. And we it started with a gentle conversation 
that ended up turning into us being like, okay, it's time to get these thoughts, words out of our brain and onto the page. And what proceeded was three hours of brain dumping, planning, and going through the exact process that I shared with you guys last week. And it was so cathartic, so helpful, so useful to be able to see everything that my brain's been chewing on physically in front of me on my iPad. And so I have my personal goals for 2020 and I have my professional goals for 2020. And when I look at them, I become so excited about diving into each of them. And so on the personal side, reincorporating a really strong morning routine was a major priority for me for quarter one of 2020, which for me right now um, is actually going to be the next four months. So from now until March 2020. And when I did 100 Strong and Sexy with Julie Black, which is the fitness challenge that I just completed at the beginning of November, where you work out for 100 days straight, um, we did a book club where we were reading the 5 a.m. club. I didn't finish the book fully. I'm still reading it. I didn't do it on pace with the rest of the crew because the fall was so insane. But the principles in it have kind of stuck for me. I have been notoriously a night owl. I grew up in a household where things kind of, the clocks in the house, like everybody's internal operating system operated at very different times. Um, My mom would be up late at night after she'd come home from doing the evening shift or work or whatever she was doing for the day to do deposits for the convenience store that our family owned. And that was her baby. And that was her business that she was running on the side while working at the hospital. And so I remember vividly many nights just hearing the TV playing ATN, the Asian television network, and Ma just clicking away on her calculator and putting together the deposits. And I would often help her stack the bills and organize the coins and do all the various things to help her uh, make it through the deposit a little bit more quickly. But she'd often be up till 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. working away on this and be up early the next morning. And so while she was awake downstairs, I would often stay awake upstairs. Um, I do suffer from FOMO, (laughs) fear of missing out. And I think the roots or seeds of that were sort of planted during that period of my life. My dad, on the other hand, um, wakes up very early naturally. I think for him, I probably get my FOMO from my dad, actually. If he's not up at like 6.30 or 7, he feels wildly unproductive or just like not as great as he would. He, He just he loathes sleeping in and feeling quote unquote lazy. Um, and so he's naturally up quite early. And my parents are also very much like night in terms of their party status. They're very social <laughs> My dad's a city counselor back home, but they're just very social and they have a very strong and wonderful um, social community and, and, and group of people around them. So they're often out late at night too. Um, so I think I got this little hybrid rhythm in me where nighttime is kind of my favorite time because also growing up, we had 10 people in our household at any given time with cousins who were coming in from India and living with us. And my aunt and uncle who we were a conjoined family. So my aunt and uncle and my three cousins were in the household along with myself and my dad and Uh, my mom and my brother and my grandparents. And so 
nighttime was when the house was the most peaceful for me. And it was funny because I would stay up so late sometimes on the weekends or during summer that when I would be going to bed, my aunt would be waking up because she would wake up around 4.35 o'clock in the morning. And so when I got into university, that pattern followed me of being a night owl. I would work late into the night on essays, pull all-nighters. That was my jam. Um, I work well under pressure. And it just kind of carried with me forward. And there were periods in my 20s where I would employ a good morning routine when I was obviously working for other people. But when I started my own company, I could work on my own hours. And so that kind of shifted my routine again back into the nights and that being like when I'm in my creative zone. So now to look back on that last period of time when I did have a very strong morning routine and looking at how great I felt, how full my life felt, and not that it doesn't feel good when I'm not on a morning routine. By no means is my life lacking when I'm not on a morning routine. But because I'm in this space of being able to implement incremental change, I am hungry to see if having this morning routine can level up my life at all, um, make things better for me overall. So that's where that this intention comes from, is just to see for 100 days I was able to work out every day. So one habit's established. My body feels crazy and, and just like very my anxiety is higher when I'm not working out now. So I know that that's something that my body craves on days when I don't move, I can feel it. Um, so now that that habit's established, my next challenge to myself is, can you maintain your movement every day while also adding in this series, this routine in the morning and seeing how that impacts and influences your days, your work, your career, your relationships. So stay tuned while I do this experiment. But I wanted to share with you guys specifically what I've chosen for my morning routine and why those pieces are important to me. And the lesson for today's episode is creating routines that work for you and the power of having routines that work for you. I think that if we look back on the episode about rituals, routines and rituals are synonymous for me. One is the same as the other. And so when we get granular with what our rituals actually are throughout our day, how can we create rituals, routines that serve us and serve the lives that we want to have and the people that we want to become. And so I want to be a morning person. I want to have my sacred time in the mornings. I want to create more space in my day so I don't feel so rushed if I'm waking up later in the morning. Um, And so that's my intention. And so as you're listening to me share about what I'm choosing to do. Let this be some time for you to reflect on habits, routines that if you brought them into your days um, might amplify your life a little bit. So let's begin. So I normally wake up around 8.30 or 9 a.m. And I usually go to bed around like 12, between 12.30 and 2 a.m. And so I'm trying to shift that sleep schedule by about like two and a half hours. I, we, when we were in Mexico, we started getting up with the sunrise, which was around like 6 45, 7 a.m. So we're on about five days of me, six days of me waking up um, around 6 37 o'clock. And in the beginning, it wasn't as hard as I remembered it to be last time that I started uh, trying to get up earlier. Um, so I'm actually feeling pretty good, which is awesome. And 
that 7 a.m. wake up, while it's not a 5 a.m. start like the 5 a.m. club says, (laughs) I thought it would be a good beginning point for me. So once I'm up at seven, I go to the bathroom, do what I got to do, and then I grab a a nonfiction book. Um, Right now I'm finishing The uh, 10% Happier by Dan Harris, which is a skeptic's guide to meditation. Um, And I'm really enjoying it so far, actually. And so I just want to create some space in my mornings where I can consistently keep reading every day because I feel like if I'm not intentional about it, I don't actually make it through any books, um, which... I really do enjoy reading, so I wanted to create some more space for that for myself. And once I'm done reading for 10 or 15 minutes, um, I sit down in my home office uh, for my breath work and meditation. So this is a practice I've honed for the last 10 years of my life. I, I was first introduced to meditation when I was 20. I was on a conference in Germany, and one of the parts of the conference was a retreat with an organization called the art of living and through that i learned a breathwork formula called the sudarshan kriya and it's a series of pranayams which are breathing exercises that you stack together to prepare your body for the day to oxygenate your body fully and to prepare your body for meditation so the reason that i separate the breathwork from the meditation is the breathwork creates the gives your energy the blood flow, the oxygenation that it needs to better settle into the meditative state. And maybe I can do a a longer episode on meditation for you guys. Let me know if that's something you'd be interested in by replying to me on Instagram or uh, shooting me an email. And this practice has become so sacred to me. So something that I was frustrated with earlier this year was that I was meditating every single day for the first three months of 2019. Um, One of my intentions or one of the things that I had set as a personal goal when I did my year planning for 2019 was to meditate and create a mindfulness practice and a spiritual practice that served me well. And so I actually moved from doing the Sudarshan Kriya, which I learned through the art of living, to a breathwork exercise called super health. And super health is um, rooted in Sikh teachings. And so my faith is Sikhism. And I met a teacher, Professor G, Professor Surinder Singh G, who actually married Mitch and I. He officiated our ceremony in Grand Prairie, our Sikh wedding ceremony, our Punjabi wedding ceremony. And um, my friend Jasveer, who works with Professor G, uh, was very keen on me learning super health and this oxygenation technique and the series of breathing exercises and the mantras of Satnam, Waheguru, Ikomkar, which are parts of our um, prayers that we do in the Sikh faith. Um, and we chant it over and over again in this breath work. Um, I will share more about it in, in another podcast so I don't go down a rabbit hole here. Um, but I transitioned from the Sudarshan Kriya to the super health um, teaching, which uh, I'm excited because I think I want to teach you guys it at some point and I'm going to figure out what that looks like because sometimes with breath work and meditation and things like this you have to pay to learn these things but with super health it's actually free 
and I'm now qualified to teach it. So I'm going to figure out how I want to do that because it's very powerful. So after I do my breath work, I then sit and do mantra meditation for 20 minutes. So that whole thing for me is a 40 minute practice. So once I'm up at seven, do my bathroom stuff, read for a little bit. I sit for my breath work and meditation for 40 minutes. And then from there, I always have my journal right by my side after my meditation. And once I open my eyes and kind of come back to the space that I'm in, I grab my journal and I free write for a page, maybe a page and a half, just to kind of get my thoughts out from things that might've come up while I was meditating. Um, My mind, even after 10 years, um, it's not that it's chatty because I feel like I've figured out a useful way of sitting for for me and when I say sitting I mean meditating it's just a different way of saying it and it's been really amazing it changes the quality of my mind and just in having started meditating again almost every day for the last two weeks my overall levels of dread and anxiety and rumination and you know being stuck in my head it goes down exponentially, especially with the compounding effect of meditating every day. So for those of you who are listening who have never tried meditation, I would highly suggest these the Calm app, C-A-L-M. It's free and it's got incredible guided meditations, soundscapes, music, um, just timers for meditation. Uh, it's an app I really enjoy using and I appreciate that so much of it is free. And so if you're looking to try, I'd highly recommend that. Lots of people recommend Headspace. The thing with Headspace is it's subscription-based and the voice of the founder isn't one that calms me down. I don't know if I get caught up in his accent or like the way that he... I also don't usually meditate to a male voice, I guess. Um, Actually, that's not true because I have in the past, but I'm not sure what it is. Headspace isn't my favorite, but Calm I really enjoy. And so after the meditation, I do my journaling. And then from there, I move. So it's either a five-minute stretch or my full workout for the day. And when I was doing 100 Strong and Sexy, the goal was a workout of 45 minutes to 60 minutes every day. I found that to be a lot. So my goal right now while I wait for the next 100 Strong and Sexy challenge to start on December 1st is 30 minutes every day. And even when that challenge starts, I think I'm going to stick to 30 to 45 minutes every day. It's a little bit more sustainable. And on days when I am really in my head about, am I going to move today? Am I not? 30 minutes is so much more doable than being like, okay, brain, let's do 45 minutes. But then once you're going, an extra 15 minutes isn't a big deal. So when I go from my movement, I go to having lemon water with some chlorophyll in it and having my protein shake for the day and taking my vitamins. I am so bad at taking vitamins. I um, am trying to get better at it. So this is why it's part of my morning routine now. And then after all that's done, which takes about two hours to, or just over two hours. So it's like 9, 15, 9, 30. I shower, do what I got to do. And then I sit down and my goal is to write because I'm officially starting my book writing process with my friend Sahaj, who is a writer and editor at Huffington Post. And I shared a couple months ago on my Instagram how I wanted to start book writing. And she DM'd me and said, you know, same. And I was like, we both were like, we should be accountability partners and do this thing together. So we're giving ourselves just over a year to 
get our manuscript together, figure out the writing process, get our figure out how we want our books to be. Mine's going to be memoir style in the same vein of lessons learned as I'm sharing here, essays, personal essays, reflections, learnings about different things in my life with anecdotal stories um, to support each, each lesson that I'm sharing. And I'm really excited about it. It's nerve wracking. I was going through my notes on my computer yesterday and I have a bunch set aside that say book thoughts and they're short journal entries or or thoughts that I've compiled over the years that could be inspiration for essays for the book or things that I look back on dialogues that I might have written down that had happened in my life that I might include in chapters and oh my goodness it was so it was really emotional to go through a lot of the pieces from 2015 to 2018 and I think that book writing is going to be really hard and I think it's going to be really hard because it's going to be wildly emotional and really triggering so much of what I experienced with my health and leaving dream girl and with people passing away in my family and looking at things from that I you know feel really strongly about wanting to share about from when I was younger it's really hard shit. And that's also why I think this morning routine is going to be so important while I'm writing, because it's going to give me structure so that when I do become really emotional or when I am choosing to write about something heavy one day, I have a routine around that writing process to support me, reground me, and allow the creative process to not overwhelm me. I think part of why I've been deterred from writing in the past or starting the book writing process in the past is it's just overwhelming. Like, how do you look back at parts of your life that really fucked with you <laughs> and say, okay, I'm ready to uncover that and share it in a way that is cohesive and thoughtful and impactful and not too triggering for the reader or not just a... <sighs> you know, not just emotional word vomit, for lack of a better term. So it's going to be tough. This is going to be a tough process. And that's why I'm so excited about having this new morning routine. And part of the reason that I'm sharing it with you guys, while also to inspire you to choose routines that work for you, is to also hold myself accountable. I'm super stoked. So it's going to be wild to see in 100 days what I can accomplish with this morning routine in place and for the book writing process and also for brainstorming and creative around episodes for the show and the tour for next spring. I am actually meeting with Kim today who is going to be supporting her and her team um, with tour planning for 2020. And I'm starting to pitch sponsors, which I'm super nervous and excited about. But again, I think like having this routine be my best friend every day is going to help fuel me give me the energy I need the momentum that I need every day to do the hard work that is moving forward into the next phase of my career and this business and I'm really excited that I get to share every step of the journey with you guys you're really just getting I'm, the curtain is pulled up you're getting a, a head-on look into what's next for me and I'm really excited about that. 
I'm seeing Kim walk up the stairs of my office right now. (laughs) So I'm going to wrap up this episode. I did also want to just mention around the importance of evening routines as well and evening or bedtime hygiene. Um, That's something I'm also going to be focusing on. So I get in bed early enough for me to have the morning routine be effective so that 7 a.m. wake-ups don't thunder me because I'm going to bed at 1 a.m. My goal is now to be in bed by 10.30 p.m., hopefully asleep just after 11, around 11.30. I also wanted to talk about the evening routine because good sleep hygiene, good bedtime, quote-unquote hygiene is really important to make the morning routine effective. And I can't be going to bed at 1 a.m., and wanting to wake up at 7 a.m. and expect to not feel thundered for the whole day. So my goal is to be in bed by 10.30 p.m. and being asleep by just after 11, around 11.30. And parts of what I'm going to start doing to make sure that I can ramp down at that point is having dinner earlier, is turning the lights down low, um, a little homage there to Lauren Hill uh, and Ziggy Marley, and uh, start kind of letting my body turn off earlier and earlier. I think part of like the inertia and the anxiety that I can get in my life is because of those late night scroll sessions where, you know, comparison uh, rears its head. And so just building routines and choosing a lifestyle that allows me to turn my brain off and not be in a state of scrolling and an addictive scroll state is going to be really healthy and really good for me. So I'm excited to see what the next 100 days, it'll actually be 105 days, have in store for me. I also want to say here, I'm going to be potentially being a mentor this next circuit of 100 Strong and Sexy. It's launching December 1st. And so if you're interested in joining me for this movement challenge, um, shoot me a DM. We've got about six people from our community who are going to be joining me in the challenge. And so I'll give you a bit more details about the challenge. 400 Strong and Sexy. This time it's not about working out 100 days in a row. It's about working out five to six days a week and having a day of rest. Um, Where there was eliminations before, there's no eliminations this cycle. It's about making it through together, encouraging each other to just get more active and to hit those benchmarks of five to six days of movement a week. And... I find this community so uplifting. Um, There's a WhatsApp group where all of us are in it together, and then there's small mentorship groups. And so that's where you would be one-on-one, or I guess um, 10-on-one with me. And there are events in the GTA. I'm going to hopefully be hosting a couple events in Ottawa during this 100 days um, where we can work out together and just build this lifestyle habit, be active, feel great. Um, and move together. So if you're interested in doing that, shoot me a DM. We can start organizing details for that and get our fitness on. Thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you found some inspiration in me sharing about my morning routine with all of you. And let me know, what are you guys going to be doing for your morning routines? How are you going to um, implement new routines in your days? What, do you, what did this spark in you? Um, you can email me at info at komal.com, K-O-M-A-L.com, or shoot me a DM. Until next time, bye. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you loved this episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you want to follow me, Komal, check me out on Instagram at K-O-M-A-L-M-I-N-H-A-S or the show at Lessons Learned Podcast underscore. 
And if you have an idea of a lesson that we should dive into on the show, then slide into our DMs and submit there or on the website along with any guests you think I should interview and talk all of the things with. As always, I hope that you make some time for you this week and reflect on the lessons you're learning or have learned and take some time to celebrate all the incredible that is you. Until next time, guys. Bye.